Psalm 94, still looking at the, the series, and, and it'll go into uh, November sometime, and, and, uh, but the, the series, being happy in a dysfunctional world, or maybe even trying to answer the question of how to be happy in a, a dysfunctional world, and, and uh, today I, I titled this, I, I, um, uh, hopefully you teachers won't give me uh, too much grief on this, but I I gave the title, Quiet Down Class. And I'm sure our teachers are nice about that. They would say probably many times, quiet down and quiet down class. There's some of us just say, you need to shut up right now and listen. But I won't do that. But let's picture ourselves in a classroom. And I, 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 I kind of had fun with this. I I pictured myself back in the in the day in a couple of different classes. I, 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 uh, I had a I, I can't remember. I think it was a journalism class one time, and and uh, I, I'll always remember Mrs. Yeager. What a what a great teacher she was, and she taught English lit. She taught uh, journalism and and uh, helped with the yearbook. But uh, I, I always. I'll always appreciate this. We were in English lit, and she had us write us. A, we had to write her a paper about something, and she was astonished at the lack of knowledge we had of grammar. And so she stopped in what she was doing in English lit, and took like two or three weeks, maybe four weeks of time, and taught us proper grammar. And I'll never forget that. I still remember that. And and uh, uh, truly has been such a help with me. And, and, and teachers can make such an impression on, on, on kids during that time. And, and I always appreciate Mrs. Yeager. I, I remember another teacher, and, and uh, um, Mrs. Glidewell was her name. And, and uh, maybe it was the class because uh, I, I don't remember a whole lot of positive things about her. I, I do remember the class, though. It was... Uh, home ec and I took it my senior year because it was either take home ec or chemistry or trigonometry. I'm thinking, yeah, home ec sounds like a good one to take. And so, and as a matter of fact, I did so well in home ec that it actually put me ahead of two more kids in the class. So I graduated fourth instead of sixth. And, and so there was only six of us in the class. So don't get too excited. So <laughs> teasing. But anyway, but I, I just remember the classroom. I, I remember some of the teachers that were so good at, at, at how, how they were able to teach. But, but you know, I, and, and I started out last week about asking some questions, and maybe I ought to ask our teachers some of these uh, questions right now, maybe even some of you who are, are homeschoolers. But uh, let, let's give some thought to what makes a good classroom. What, what is it that, that you need to do to, to, to think that you, you are prepared to, to have a good class? What, what are some of the things that you ought to do? Somebody that's a teacher, tell me. What, what do you do to make your classroom that kind of an environment for learning? Discipline? Okay. Yes. God's presence and guiding in your life, good. And that if he wanted to calm some of those kids down along the way, that would be helpful too, right? What else? 
Yes. Respect. Good. Good. Anything else? You know, those will work. Well, let's think about this. So let's think about a classroom, but, but now let's give thought to the world that we're living in is a classroom. So wherever you are today or wherever you go this week that, that you're in a classroom, and let's think about some of the things. I, I'm sure that as a teacher also that one of the things that you like to do is be prepared. I, I, you need to know your subject somewhat to, to teach, correct? But, but let's think about the things that were said. We, we need God's presence. Well, if we're in the classroom and, 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 and we want to know what it is that, that God has for us, we obviously want his presence in our lives, right? And, and we want his presence in our classroom. We, we need discipline in, a, in our classroom or, or otherwise we're, we're going to deal with with all kinds of obnoxious noises and, and things that are going on that, that are, are going to hinder the ability to learn and to understand what it is that you're teaching on that day and the subject that you are. And, and then there also needs to be a respect. There needs to be a respect for one another. There needs to be a respect for, for the teacher. There, there needs to be a respect for the, the other class members that are in there and, and, and understanding that that maybe they don't all learn exactly the same way. I, I'm one of those guys that I, I, when I come in to study, the only thing that I can handle for noise is, is music. And, 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 I, and I'll, I have a, a bunch of West Coast uh, 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 CDs on, on my computer where I have a playlist, and I, and I play that, but I play it really low. I mean, I, it's kind of more like white noise, you know. It's just in the background where if it's too loud, then I start thinking about the words of the song instead of studying like I ought to. So it's just in the background, and I've done that for years. I, I like that. But other than that, I have to have it quiet. I, I'm not one that, I mean, it's like squirrel, you know, or squirrel over here, or, you know, and, and anything just, it, 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 it distracts me, and, and I just have to have it quiet. And so others, you know, can, can, you know, Thane and Kareth, I don't know how in the world they do the things that they did. You know, Thane can watch a TV show while he's studying and still tell you why he's studying. And it uh, drives me crazy. I cannot do that. None of that. But I just have to have that environment where, where it's quiet. And, and so let's think about life's classroom then. We, we need to have respect for one another. We need to have discipline. We, we need to have uh, Christ and, and God's presence in our lives and, and all this noise around us and, and, and how in this, in this passage, in this psalm of Psalm 94, you know, I picture this as, I, I picture this as a very loud, noisy, disrespectful classroom. And, and there's all kinds of problems that, that are hindering what's going on. And, and David, the psalmist, as we, as we look at this, we, we look at the environment where this was written, we, we give thought to, to what's going on in our own classroom today and, and what's going on in the, in the world around us and, and all of the noise, and, and it has gone way past having any white, you know, white noise in our lives or, or in our classroom. It's very loud and boisterous, and, and we're going to see some real issues going on in this. And so we're going to look at two different groups of students. 
We're going to look at what the Bible says are the brutish. We're also going to look at the other group of students that are the blessed. And we're also going to see the teacher. And let's look at this and see how in the world then can, can we learn something in this classroom even though we have all of these issues that are going on around us. And so, first of all, let's give, an, uh, let's, uh, give our attention to the first eight verses of the brutish. And, and the brutish are, are those that are dull-hearted. They just don't care. They're unreceptive. And they just do not want to listen to what's being taught. Now, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not in here today to give you some psychoanalogy, and, and I'm not here to say that, you know, the home, you know, what's going, that's all, that's a whole other matter, okay? I'm just looking at what we're dealing with in the classroom today. Look, I, I can't deal with all those things right now. I need to deal with the noise, and I need to deal with this group of people, and this group of people, and, 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 and understand who the teacher is, and, and what he's doing. And let us make sure that as we look at this, that we are not the brutish, that God is talking about in this passage. And he starts and he says, in verses 1 through 3, we see a cry of frustration. And oh, how I think that that is the case at times. And, and God even said in, in, in Proverbs, and it's, and it's my own translation, but cast out the scorner and the strife shall cease. And so there are many scorners in the classroom today. There, there are many that are making noise in our world today there are those that are that are actually against us as believers today and, and and making all kinds of noise trying to silence us from being who it is that that we need to be and and David was feeling that pressure and and we see a cry of frustration that that I'm sure that we have ourselves at times he says in verse 1 O Lord God to whom vengeance belongeth O God to whom vengeance belongeth show thyself God, you tell us that, that we're, we're not the ones that, that need to seek out vengeance and, and we're not the ones that need to stand up against these enemies and, and, and destroy them. But, but God, you say that you are the God of vengeance. Then, Lord, I'm praying and I'm asking and I'm calling upon you. Stand up. Stand up, God, in, in this noise that is taking place around us and, and show yourself, God, and bring vengeance upon the wicked and, and stop them from doing these things. Lift up thyself and, 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 and bring yourself up to that, that point where you stand up and people can see and, and they'll respect you and honor you and bring that upon their lives and, and lift up thyself, thou judge of the earth. Oh God, I know that you are the judge of the earth. I know that you're the one that, that can stand and judge and, and put all of these people in, in silence. And he even said over in Psalm 96 and verse 13, Before the Lord, for he cometh, for he cometh to judge the earth. He shall judge the world with righteousness and the people with his truth. And so we see that he's the one that will judge. And render a reward to the proud. Oh God, I pray that you would return a recompense to those that are the wicked. Those that are standing up and shaking their fists against you. And those that, that are, want nothing to do with God. And they, and they want anyone that is doing anything for God. They want them pushed aside. And they want them silenced. And they no longer want to allow them to, to have anything to say. And, and even... Uh, this was going on back in the Old Testament time over in Isaiah 
We, we see that Isaiah wrote in, in Isaiah chapter 3 and, and uh, verse 11, and he said, Woe unto the wicked, it shall be ill with him, for the reward of his hands shall be given him. We have another one here in Isaiah in chapter 35 and verse 4, but we're also going to see over in Revelation chapter 20 and verses 10 through the rest of the, the, the passage there that uh, about a judge that, that is going to judge the world. And here in Isaiah 35 and verse 4, say to them that have a fearful heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. You know, it just feels like we're in, we're in such a classroom today as believers and, and, and Satan is doing everything he can to dis disrupt anything that would keep us from hearing the gospel and, and hearing the truth of God's word and, and hearing about his mercy and his grace and, and his love that he gives and, and the world just keeps stirring things up and, and they're just like that brutish person, that, that, that kid in the classroom that just will not sit still, that will not listen, that, that shows no respect to the teacher whatsoever. And, and here you are, you're, you're wasting all of your precious time that you have to teach those kids something and, and this one just will not take it in and won't do anything about it. And, and here you are, you feel like you're wasting your time with that. And, and here, that is exactly what, what Satan is doing in our world today. And he's trying to distract us from those that are good. And some of the best, some of the best advice that I was given years ago about working with people and, and teachers, you ought to hear this. And, and maybe you already, you probably already know this, but if you don't, you really need to heed to this, that 10% of those people will take 90% of your time if you allow them to do so. Cast out the scorner and the strife shall cease. Do not put up with it. You see, our society, though, you see what our world is doing. You as a teacher say, I'd like to do that, but anymore you can't do these things and you can't discipline them the way that you ought to and, and we can't get them under control. And do you not see that that is all a part of Satan's plan and how he's doing it? And, and I know it's mean and I know it's rotten and you might think that I'm wrong in this, but I'm telling you, you need to spend 90% of your time with those 90% that really want to learn. And help them. And help them. It's the same way in a church. It's the same way wherever you go. You need to help those that want to be helped. Those that don't want to be helped, I'm sorry, until you repent and you change your mind and you want to know the truth and you want to hear the truth and, and then we'll be happy to help you in any way. I'm not here to cast pearl before swine. I'm not here to waste my time in arguing with someone that, that, that is a dullard and, and one that does not care and that is unreceptive and, and does not want to hear what God's word has to say. Uh, we don't have time for that. We need to move on. Don't listen to the, the what Satan is telling us and, and don't listen to all the noise around us. Look, there is a day coming when God will show his vengeance. We need to understand that, and there is a cry of frustration, but you listen to this. It says in Revelation chapter 20 and verse 10, he says, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. And I praise the Lord that we are on the winning side today. And I praise the Lord that, that the devil is a loser. 
And there is one day that, yes, he's making all kinds of noise in our lives today and trying to get us distracted from everything that he throws at us and, and, and we're not able to learn like we ought to and, and we're being pulled by the world and, and we're listening to all this junk and, and all this noise and, oh God, there needs to come a day when you stand up and you show us your vengeance upon this world and, and all the wickedness that's around us and it's coming. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was no place. And there was found no place for them. Oh, they wanted to hide, but there was no place to hide. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were open, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. You know, it goes back, and you can look in Revelation chapter 4, and there the angels were praying, and they were, and they were asking the question, who is worthy? Who is worthy to open the, the book? And, and who is it that can open these books? And, and it tells us that it was Jesus himself that is the one that is worthy, who's God himself. God isn't some created being. God isn't some little miniature God. God isn't just a good man, or Jesus isn't some just good man, but Jesus is God himself. And there's going to come a day when he's going to open up these books to those that are dead, both great and small, and those that were wanting to stand up and make all this noise to the world and, and trying to hinder us from hearing what it is that God wanted to say. And, they, and these books are going to be opened and the sea gave up the dead which were in it. You can't hide even if you're dead. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And you know what their works are going to show? Their works are going to show that you are dead in your sin because you never trusted Christ as your Savior. You have rejected the one free gift in all the world that truly is free for anyone to take upon themselves by faith and trusting in Jesus. And your works are showing us that you have rejected Him. And death and hell were cast in the lake of fire this is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And there you find that that wasn't a place that was created for us. God had no intention on ever sending anyone to hell. He wanted that, all should, that none should perish, but that all should have everlasting life. And that whosoever will may come. And that you know, all you need to do is trust in the very sacrifice that God has given to us. His Son upon the cross who is God himself, and by faith you trust in him as your Savior, and you do not face this. But I'm telling you right now, if you're sitting here today and you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, there is going to be a day when I don't care how tough and how bad you think you are or how intelligent you think you are, your knee will bow and your, your tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, and you will send yourself to hell. Your choice. Your choice. And am I serious about it? Absolutely. I don't want to see anyone go there. But it's your choice. Don't let pride get in the way. Oh, that noise that, that Satan's throwing in the classroom right now. Oh, you don't need to listen to that babbler. You don't need to listen to God's word. It's not even true. You don't even know that any of these things ever happened. And, and here he is telling you that you need to trust in these things. Jesus was just another man like you. Jesus was just a little God. Jesus was just a, 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 an angel like others. And Jesus was just a prophet like Muhammad or, or whatever it is, the trash that he's throwing out in your mind right now or 
maybe throwing out in your mind right now and the, and the noise is so loud. Oh, the, the, the pride. What am I going to do if, if I was to trust Christ as my Savior today and let this group of people know that, that I'm on my way to hell and that, that I've never trusted Jesus and, and oh, they're going to laugh at me and they're going to mock at me or, or I'm going to have to give up my lifestyle or, or whatever else of the, the things that Satan is making noise in your life right now. Oh, God, bring vengeance upon the wicked. Oh, God, stand up against Satan today and wipe away that noise out of their minds right now and out of their ears right now and let them hear just the calling and the beckoning of the Holy Spirit upon their lives. And the cry, Lord, how long shall the wicked, how long shall the wicked triumph? Oh, I'm, I'm tired of seeing the, the world the way, the way that it's headed. We need to have men stand up and preach the gospel and preach it with no fear and tell people that unless you trust Christ as your Savior, you're going to die and go to hell. There's a cry of frustration. There's a complete breakdown of godliness. Look at verses 4 through 7. How long shall they utter and speak? Hard things. Speak is speak. They, they say in the words. But utter has, has the idea of gushing forth. And so they're just gushing over with, with these hard things. These, and the hard things are those things that are, that are uh, forward and, and arrogant. And they're unrestrained in the things that they can say and, and the things that they do say. Look, you see it all day long, every day. You get in the papers today and, and you can read of the unrestrained viciousness of, of people speaking and, 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 and trying to tear apart those that are believers today and, and standing up against the very word of God and they're, they're pouring out and they're bursting out in, in these hard things and, and they're totally unrestrained in the things that they can say. Oh, and we see it everywhere. And all the workers of iniquity boast themselves. Oh, the workers of iniquity, all they do is bring trouble and sorrow and wickedness. And they're listening to the lie of the devil. And they're listening to the lie of, of their own flesh and, and what it is that their own pride wants in their lives. And they're, they're listening to all that noise that's going on. And they don't even understand that they are a worker of iniquity. And all they're doing is boasting themselves in their wickedness. Oh, what a sad day when, when you see Alyssa Milano stand up and say, I'm just thankful that back in the 90s that I had two abortions because my job was more, my career was more important than, than those babies. I find it a sad day when we see a group of politicians that come out and say, we no longer... And more or less, this is what they say, we no longer care about those of faith. We're going after those that have no faith. That's why they believe in socialism. That's why they believe in communism. Because of no faith. That is the religion of no, or that is the politics of no religion. Let's see how well that works. They boast themselves. They break in pieces thy people, O Lord, and afflict thine heritage. They want to crush those of faith. They want to grind them into powder, but 
You know what it tells us? It tells us that Jesus himself will grind the unbeliever into powder. And afflict thine heritage to humble and mishandle what God has in his heritage. His possessions. What does God possess? Everything. Everything. Oh, how we see that people today are, are, are mistreating the heritage of God. Uh, I mean, we have people that are, that are worshiping the creation rather than the creator. We have a governor that stands up and says, we need to be a meatless society. We, we have the, 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 the Democrats that are running for president. And, and look, you know, people, try to, people have come to me and told me, you need to keep politics out of the pulpit. That's what's happened with our world today. That's what's happened with our churches today. We've become so politically correct that we don't want to offend anybody. Well, we need to get past that and understand that, that they come in and now that they are worshiping the creation rather than the creator, every one of them. And then when you have one that, that stands up, uh, uh, Bernie. Bernie says that, that he believes that not only should abortion be for those unwanted babies, but I truly believe that we ought to use abortion to control the population to protect our world. <clears throat> Why take the innocent baby? I say let's, if we care that much about this creation, then those socialists that are over 70 who really aren't going to be offering anything to that program but taking it, Maybe they ought to be the ones to sacrifice themselves. Bernie could go first. It's ludicrous to see where our world has gotten. And look, Democrats have jumped off the cliff, and the Republicans are right there getting ready to go too. I don't, I don't stand with any of them. We need to stand with God in the truth of his word. But I, we see this complete breakdown of, of godliness and they slay the widow and the stranger and murder the fatherless. You know, I, I, I see these theologians get on Facebook all the time and, and, and I just keep my big mouth shut most of the time. But most of those, I want to get on there and say, if you are going to quote the scripture, then first of all, you better make sure that you read it all. Make sure that you are a follower of God. Make sure that you are a disciple of Christ. Make certain that you know Him as your Savior and that, that you're wanting only the best and then you can quote God's Word. But stop taking things out of context and making God sound like something that He's not. Stand for the truth. And here, when, whenever they tell you that, that, that God, that Jesus would be for abortion... You know what's sad, though? Some believers couldn't defend, cannot defend from the Scripture why that's wrong. You can't find a passage to prove it. Might ought to study it. Yet they say, the Lord shall not see, neither shall the God of Jacob regard it. Oh, we can do what we want. God is not going to do anything. He has been passive we have, we have preachers who preach that he's a pacifist and that all things are okay and he's going to overlook this and he doesn't see any of this. He's too busy running and doing the things that, 
God's due, whatever they are, and, and we're busy here uh, 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 worshiping our creation and, and worshiping these things that, that, that uh, uh, we think that have evolved into what they are, and, and we're worshiping our Darwinism, and we're worshiping our humanism, and, and we're worshiping our own bodies, and, and we're worshiping our own abilities, and, and we're worshiping our society, and, and we're worshiping those who are in D.C., and, and we're worshiping our government, and, and we're thinking that all of these things are, are going to prevent provide us everything that we need and and you keep looking and you keep looking and and you keep hearing all this noise and and you keep following it and you find out that there's nothing that is bringing satisfaction so you keep going further and further and further in the the ways of the world and then pretty soon you hear some loudmouth crazy preacher get up and say repent and get get away from that and understand none of those things matter and you need to let all that noise out of your office and and out of your classroom and you need to listen to the teacher. It says, understand ye brutish among the people. Oh, how you need to you, you need to listen and, and, and you need to understand you that are dull-hearted and, and unreceptive and, and you don't think that God truly matters and 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 you 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 just want to take some pill to fix all your problems and, and instead you need to listen. You don't need to be brutish and you don't need to be dull and you're listening among the people and, and then he goes on, he says, and ye fools, you dullard, you're stupid when it comes to what God is trying to tell you. And then he says, when will you be wise? When are you going to understand? You need to understand before it's too late. Look, there's a lot easier things to do than stand up in a pulpit and, and, and preach a hard truth. And, and you, you know, some of you probably think that I'm half mad and crazy, but there are easier things to do out there in life. But this is what what God has given me a heart for and, and a heart for all of you and a heart for our community and a heart for our country, a truly a heart for the world and it needs to grow and, and be bigger in the, in the understanding of these things. But, but look, I'm telling you right now that if you don't know Jesus as your Savior and this doesn't matter to you, you are dull in your hearing and, 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 and you are a fool when it comes to what you are gambling with because today you may give an account to God for your life. Before the day is over. Will you be one of those that's, sit, that's standing there at the throne? You know what the last thing is that those people see when they're cast into the lake of fire? Jesus. Their judge. The last thing that's in their mind and will probably be there forever is the face of the Savior. And all they would have had to do was call on Him. Call on Him. Oh, when will we understand? You see, the teacher, that's what we see in 9, 10, 11. He that planted the ear, shall he not hear? Oh yeah, God hears everything. He's the one that formed our hearing. He's the one that gave us the intricacy of, 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 of our ear and, and, and how we hear. And, and, and if, if he made that, do you think that God's not going to hear? Absolutely he's going to hear. Those, those teachers that, that had that, that, that ability to see in the back of their head, I mean, there were some of them that were really good at that. 
but he hears everything. He that formed the eye, shall he not see? Absolutely, he'll see. He sees everything. There's nothing going to get past him. Psalm 34, 15 says, The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are unto their cry. But then he also says in Matthew 12, verse 36, Remember, he hears everything, but I say unto you that every idle word that man shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Every idle word God hears. God hears it all. So he sees everything, he hears everything, and he teaches in that classroom. He that chastiseth the heathen. You know what chastising means? So often we, we picture chastising as, as some kind of corporal punishment. And it is at times. God can do a lot of things in our life to get our attention and sometimes he allows bad things to happen to get our attention. I understand that. Sometimes he takes you to the woodshed. Sometimes he bends you over and gives you a good spanking. Sometimes we need it. And we need to listen to him when he does that. But chastising also is instructing and correcting and admonishing someone. Hey, don't do that. But do this instead. Hey, you need to pay attention and you, you need to get better in the things that you're doing. You know, I, I heard, heard a story just when I was in Iowa. I was talking to a couple about their church. And the pastor lost the guy, lost a member of the church. When the pastor went to him and said, hey, how's your devotions going? Do you read your Bible every day? And the guy said, I don't think the pastor ought to ask me that. And was offended and left the church. How's your devotions today? Are, are you allowing God to teach you? Are, are you allowing God to talk to you through his word? Are you listening? You ever found that it may be, maybe you're not having devotions and look, you need to. You need to sit down and you might say, well, I'm not a very good reader. That's okay. Read one or two verses and ask the, the Lord to give you wisdom on those verses or, or whatever. Call the pastor. He'll help. He'll, he'll give you some advice or, or he can help explain a passage or help you out with that. But, but you need to be listening to what God is telling you. How would your marriage be working out if you never talked to each other? And here we see that. So he teaches, he instructs, and here he's instructing the heathen. And if he instructs them and, and disciplines them and admonishes them, shall not he correct them? Shall he not judge them also? Shall he not decide what it is that's going on? I mean, as he's teaching, he's instructing them and, 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 and here helping them to understand. And, and here the, the, he's even teaching the, the heathen. And, and the heathen, if they're listening to him, they'll repent and they'll come to him. And he'll help them and bring them and draw them and, and we'll see them trust Christ as their Savior and, and walking with him and, and we'll see the blessings on their lives too. But those that don't, do you think that he's not going to judge them? Oh, he will. He that teacheth man knowledge shall not he know? Yes, he knows. And Proverbs 16, 9, a man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. 
As he chastens the heathen, he'll be their judge. He teaches what every believer needs to know and help them. 2 Timothy 3, 15 through 17, there he brings someone through the word and makes them wise unto salvation. Then he instructs them and reproves them and corrects them and and helps them and, and truly furnishes them so that they can be the complete work of God in their lives. And so he instructs them in doing that. And then along the way, he knows everything that every student needs. The Lord knoweth the thoughts of man that they are vanity. You see, that's an advantage that God has that you as teachers don't. So many times, I'm sure when you're teaching, if you could just figure out what's going on in that little kid's head. Think, man, if I just knew what was going on, and, and, and if I just knew how he thought, and, and maybe I could change my teaching for him to, to, to a way that, that will help him understand it better. And, and I know that obviously I'm just not getting through to him in, in this way and, and, and I need to change some things in, in what I'm doing. Well, you see, God knows everything about you. God knows exactly what he needs to teach you the right way. God knows our plans He knows our goals. He knows our dreams. He knows our desires. He knows our fears. He knows our doubts. He knows our our insecurities. He knows even the very number of hair that is upon your head. He knows everything about you in any way, and he knows exactly what he needs to do to teach you what it is that you need to know. And without God, you are nothing. It's all vanity. Without this teacher teaching you what it is that you need to know. Now you can understand why Satan wants to keep that classroom so noisy so that you can't hear what it is that God wants you to hear. But the ones that are happy in this life, the ones that are blessed in this life, are the ones that figure out how to shut out the noise and listen to the teacher, the blessed. Blessed is the man whom thou chastenest. So discipline, corrects, instructs, admonishes, O Lord, and teaches him out of thy law. Oh, go into Psalm 119, and we know the psalmist there writes the importance of God's word and how the law will keep him from straying than the law being God's word that we have today. And he'll teach him out of that. This one that's blessed can rest in God's power and judgment. It says that thou mayest give him rest from the days of adversity until the pit be digged for the wicked. Do I want to see our country go down the tubes and, and become some socialist, communistic country like, like China where you got to hide out to, to, have, to have church? I don't know if you guys heard here just a, a few months ago, the pastor of a church he had gotten brave and they had built a building and they were worshiping publicly and thought that they had the freedom that we have here in this country and the government said nope that's enough of that they brought a bulldozer up there and they're starting to bulldoze the building down and the pastor steps in front of that that bulldozer to stop them and they run over him and they kill him so you're not going to worship here we think that that won't come here (laughs) yeah it is it's coming you know how they do that 
This country knows, this country knows that they cannot shut us up as believers until they make us helpless. To make us helpless, then they have to take away any way that we can ever defend ourselves. Do you know that whenever Israel was taken captive, you remember reading the story that when they uh, started to stand up, that they didn't even have a blacksmith in their nation any longer that could build them a sword. Sad, isn't it? Sad, isn't it, to think that they couldn't even defend themselves? You can't defend yourself, and then they can take away your First Amendment, which is your freedom of speech. So what do they do? They disarm the public. And then they take away your right to speech. And when you come in and you say, we're going to serve God anyway, then they walk through the doors. And they say, either you quit saying the things that you're saying, or you go to jail. Or worse, in their eyes, lose your life. It can come. It probably will come someday, but I pray that it's not in our lifetime as we'll have the characters stand up and say it's not going to happen. But here, even if it does, we can rest from the days of adversity because there's a pit being dug. For the Lord will not cast off his people, neither will he forsake his inheritance. (laughs) There'll come a day There will come a day when you see those politicians not bow before Mother Earth, but Al Gore and his followers will give reverence to the God Almighty, the creator of the world, the Savior, that he too could have been saved if only he would have believed and trusted in Christ. But judgment shall return unto righteousness, and all the upright in heart shall follow it. Do you know it tells us that that judgment, when it comes, the battle of Armageddon, in that valley of Megiddo, it tells us that Christ is going to come back, and there's going to be armies that are coming from all directions. And they're coming down, and they're coming down to destroy what's left of Israel and the believers that have trusted Christ. And they're coming down, and they're going to destroy all of that that's left that's hiding there in Jerusalem. And and it tells us that Mount Zion is going to break into two. And it tells us in that valley that those believers are going to escape through that valley. And then Jesus is going to come on that white horse along with the believers that are going to come with him. And he's going to come down into that valley. And it tells us that he will shed the blood of all of those that are standing up trying to destroy Israel. And the blood will flow in the valley as deep as the bridles are on the horse. It will be a bloody day. And God's judgment will come upon them. And for a thousand years, the unbeliever will live under the reign of a perfect king and a perfect God. And even in that, their hearts will still be darkened and many will still be listening to the lies of Satan and the noise that's being made in the, in the classroom of the world and going to revolt against the very God that loves them and has shown them perfection for a thousand years in, in his reign and stand up against him again. And then that's when we see 
Satan cast into the deepest and darkest depths of a fiery hell. And those that follow him will follow him there. And oh, it's not going to be a place where you're going to party with your friends. It's not a place where you're going to sing Highway to Hell and think that it's a great thing. It's not a place where you're going to see that Satan is some little red man with a tail and, a, and, and ears and a, and a little uh, pitchfork. You're going to find that it's a place where it says that the fire is never quenched and the worm dieth not and you'll forever be alone with the last thing in your mind, your Savior, who could have saved you and would have if you'd have looked to him. Who will rise up for me against the evildoers or who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? You know what David just said? He said, God, I'll stand up for you. But when I do this and, and I stand up for you, I look back and where is everybody? Where'd they go? John 6, 66, Jesus there was, was teaching them that I'm the bread of life and, and if you hunger, then you need to come to me. And, and they said, wow, this is a, this is a hard saying. And, and, and then it says that many of his disciples turned around and walked no more with him. And he looks to his disciples, those 12 that were there. He said, will you also go away? You see, the things that I preach and I teach to you is not what the majority believe. The numbers were few for David, too. But God used them in a mighty way. The numbers were few with the apostles and the, the disciples. And we know that even one of those turned his back on him and sold him out for a little bit of silver. But God used the rest of those men to turn the world upside down. And so what do we do? We stand for the truth and we tell people the truth. Even in a world and in a noisy classroom, we listen to our Savior. And remember what David said, unless the Lord had been my help, my soul had almost dwelt in silence. When I said, my foot slippeth, thy mercy, O Lord, held me up. I can't but help think that when he's walking and he slips, and he's like, Lord, help, and he picks him up and he, and he carries him along and and that's why he can write also that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He delighteth in his way. Yea, though he fall, you know that he'll get back up. Oh, and how we see that God is the one that lifted Peter up in those waves of destruction. As soon as Peter looked to him and said, Lord, save me, brings him out. In the multitude of my thoughts, how many of you have been here because those thoughts have the idea of disquieting thoughts? These are not the peaceful thoughts, okay? These are when you're laying in bed and you wake up and you're on vacation and you think, did I put the garage door down? You know? And then you're, for the next three hours, you're pacing and wondering, why didn't I get that fancy app that would, I could push a button and make it go down? You know, or 
Maybe you left a crock pot on or something. I don't know. Or, or, or these other disquieting thoughts, whatever they may be. But they're the ones that wake you up in the middle of the night and, and there you are and, and you can't go back to sleep and you're, and you're worrying and you're stewing and you're, and you're sinning in the things that you're doing because you're thinking about something that you have no control over and here you are. You, you have all these disquieting thoughts and, and David was saying, in the multitude of my thoughts within me, thy comforts delight my soul. Your consolation, your promises that you give me, come back to me and overwhelm me. Oh, in this noisy classroom, whether it be the brutish that are making the noise, whether it's our own disquieting thoughts, we can find the peace that God gives us and comforts us and delights our soul. Shall the throne of iniquity have fellowship with thee, which frameth mischief by a law? <laughs> you know what that's saying? That's saying like the teacher going to those, those that are truly disruptive and saying, okay, class, here's, here's what we're going to do. We're going to make a compromise with, with, with evil Tommy here, and, and we're just going to act evil like Tommy, and, and we're just going to come together and, and love each other and, and let everybody misbehave however way that they want. And, 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 and we're just going to make these things work. And, and we're just going to come up beside him and, and make an allegiance with him. And, and we're just going to make this work like this. And, and we're just going to become friends with the evil. And, 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 and we're going to, to try to mess the evil with the good. And, and maybe you can, you can get the good out of it. And, and you can spit out the evil. And, and all these things are good. And, and we as a church, we can come and, and we can look like the world and, and, and we can talk like the world and, and, and we can behave like the world and, and we can have our little rock concerts like the world and, and we can have some rock star pastor stand up there in his buffed out Under Armour shirt and his ratty jeans and his $500 pair of tennis shoes and, and, and ragging on everybody about how cool it is to be setting the cultural trends and, and we can do all of these things and, and we're just all going to get along and, and we're going to make laws against those that, that stand up there in that, that crazy suit and get red in the face and, and preach the truth of God's word and, and tell them the truth and we don't want to hear the truth. So we're going to do all these things and Make these laws against that. When those guys stand up, they will gather themselves, will gather ourselves together against the soul of the righteous and condemn the innocent blood. We'll stand against it. We don't want to hear it. We don't want any part of that. But the one thing they forget the Lord is my defense. And my God is the rock of my refuge. And he shall bring upon them their own iniquity and shall cut them off in their own wickedness. Yea, the Lord our God shall cut them off. There will be a day when Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, Donald Trump, name off any of them you want to. They'll all know if they haven't recognized him yet, they will understand one day he is God. He is God. And this country 
is nothing without God. Your family is nothing without God. Your life is nothing without God. All is vain without God. All is vain. And so, how do we quiet the class? Well, just know. The teacher will do it. You just need to figure out a way. And how you do this is concentrate on the teacher. And listen to what he has to teach you. And put away all the noise. Put away all the noise. I watched a movie one time, and I know I've used this reference before. It's not a, I'm not condoning the movie or anything like that, okay? I'm just a baseball nut. Love baseball. This guy was a pitcher, and he was pitching a perfect game. What he'd do is he'd get up to the mound and get up there, and he's standing there, and he's getting ready to start his wind-up, and he hears all this noise going on around him. He says, you got to, and he says, clear the mechanism. And then it started coming back again. He said, clear the mechanism. And everything goes quiet. And then he can concentrate and throw the pitch. That's exactly what we need to do. God, clear. Clear this room from any noise. All the world is still going to be yelling and screaming. And Satan is going to do everything he can to distract you. And you ask God and you ask the teacher, Lord, help me to hear what I need to hear. I know that vengeance is coming upon these brutish people, and I know that you will take care of them in your time. I, I can't be concerned about that. i got to be concerned about walking with you. Help me today to hear what I need to hear. How are you happy in a dysfunctional world? Well, quiet down, classroom. Quiet down and hear what the teacher has to say. And he will speak to you. And he'll show you. And you can walk out into this evil, wicked world that hates you. Singing, there's sunshine in my soul today. And God will show you what you need for today. Let's pray. Father, I pray. You stir in the hearts of each one who's here today. Lord, it is serious. I'm tired of dealing with people that are facing death and they just don't know you. And I don't want that to be the case. I want, I want people when they see me come that they know that they're going to hear from you. They're going to hear counsel that they need to have, just like I need. And Lord, if there is that one that lying in that bed today, I just can't but help think of my own nephew right now. Laying there in that bed, 35 years old, and doesn't know if he's ever going to come out. And he doesn't know you. God, I pray that you stir in his heart. Show him that he may not have another day and that he calls on you. And Lord, I pray for those that are sitting here. I, I don't know the hearts of anyone. You're the only one. We don't even know our own heart, you tell us. But you do. 
You tell us that in Jeremiah 17, then you tell us in Hebrews chapter 4 that it's your word that will cut into the deepest areas of our heart and our soul and truly bring grace into our lives. I pray you do that today. I pray no one here is upset and mad by the message, but truly stirred, first of all, that they know you as their Savior. Lord, I pray that if they don't, that you don't let them be settled. And you stir in their hearts, and you continue to convict them. And you help them to quiet that, get to that quiet classroom and hear what it is that they need to do. Lord, if they need to trust you as their Savior, that today, before they leave here today, that they call on you. Praying and receiving Christ as their Savior. Praying from an open heart, Lord, I know I'm a sinner, and I know I need a Savior. Lord, I know that Jesus Christ died on that cross for my sins, and I know that you will save me, and I trust that you will by what your word tells me. And so today, Lord, I ask you to save me. Come into my heart and be my Savior. Make me that new creature. God, I pray that there be one that prays that today and trusts you as our Savior. Lord, let them know that you tell us that we are kept by your power, that there is none that can get out of your hand and out of your grasp. You even just said in this that you'll never leave your people or forsake them. Father, I pray that they would understand that once they trust you, that they are now a part of the family of God. They're a precious child of God. That from now on, they don't have to listen to the noise in that classroom, but they can hear the still, small voice of their Savior. Lord, I pray that you help us as believers. It is so easy to get caught up in all the trash that's going on in this world. It's so easy to get distracted with our own wants and desires and flesh. And sometimes we blame things on Satan, and it's not Satan at all. It's just our flesh. He just put the temptations out there, but we're the ones that go along with what our flesh wants. Lord, give us victory. Give us victory where we can mortify the deeds of the flesh. Give us victory over those things that keep us bound and and don't allow us to have that that sweet, sweet fellowship that we can have. And Father, today, we take that sin, whatever it may be, we nail it on that cross of Calvary, and we walk away from it today and give us victory. I pray whatever needs to be done in hearts today, you stir in them. You do what needs to be done. Father, when we walk out of here today, we can have the courage that David did knowing One day your vengeance will come. And that day of wrath will be a horrible, horrible time. And I thank you for the deliverance of it. And I praise you for your love and your mercy and your goodness. I praise you for your salvation. And I pray that you help us to be what it is that you'd have us to be. Guide us and direct us in Jesus' name. Amen.